stopping us Blight without boarding pass Couldn't catch me, I'd be moving fast Call me a shooting star Let them know who you are Flying up and above Wish on a star Time to show them who's in charge Call me a shooting star This is your boy, DJ Barbecue. We have a very, very, very special guest. We have the owner, operator, CEO, the big boss, Mercer Sage. Mercer, thanks for calling in. Oh, you're welcome, uh, DJ Barbecue. I'm happy to be here. So, you're the owner, operator, and the big boss, like I said, of the Elite Wrestling Initiative. Uh, for the viewers and the also listeners, uh, explain and uh, give them a little back history. Oh, well, yeah. The Elite Wrestler Initiative, we started that in, uh, on Black Friday in November 2011. So uh, we've been kicking around for a while now. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been rest- I myself have been wrestling for, uh, it's going on 11 years. It will be 11 years in uh, December. And uh, I was just... Uh, Really happy to have the Elite Wrestling Initiative around this long, considering so many other companies come and go so quickly in uh, this state. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about yourself on what like attracted you to professional wrestling to the point to where now you uh, run and, and own and uh, um, edit your own promotion. Okay, yeah. Uh, I've been uh, – I got – into wrestling back in uh, the the early 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 90s and uh, I kind of got into that with well my best friend got me into it uh, and uh, I was one of those 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 people that you know like to cuss down wrestling and say it was it was fake and all that good stuff or bad stuff whatever you want to say right but uh, um, he um, he got me into playing uh, the LG LJN game um, Royal Rumble for oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that one. And uh, when I got into that, then he uh, he eased me into watching wrestling as well. And uh, once I got into uh, Bret Hart, uh, that's when I started becoming a real fan of professional wrestling. I was and, just going to ask you which wrestler at that point really caught your eye. Uh, you said yeah. Bret Hart. What about Bret Hart did you, uh, what what resonated with you, what stuck with you? Well, first of all, what I what I really enjoy about wrestling itself is uh, the the artistry of uh, you know exchanging holds and this and that, and and Bret Hart was you know prominent with all of that stuff. He was uh, he was well, I mean, not to reuse the term, but he was an artist. Right. And uh, um, watching him is what really inspired me to want to be. I wanted to be in that. I wanted to do that. And, uh, uh, I mean, there's just no, uh, no comparison to what Bret Hart did out there. And, uh, not just that, but his, his character really resonated with me and how, uh, Vince, uh, really pushed it in the WWF back in those days. And the storytelling was phenomenal. And that really pulled me in as a fan and made me want to watch more and more. Right. And, uh, 
the well, product back then was just really enjoyable to watch for me as a, as a fan growing up. And that's what made me want to do this uh, at the age of 13. Right on. Um, you know, they, they do say that the Calgary uh, wrestling is kind of the blueprint of professional wrestling. I mean, it, there's a who's who's of names that are out there from Canada. Um, speaking of who who's, which wrestlers have you had? at your promotion uh and is there any big names that you've recently had um the the only big names that i've really really brought in was uh lisa marie verone who i just brought in this year and uh i had mike elgin uh, a couple years back and um uh who else is that uh oh hernandez i had him uh back in 2017 and he'll be coming back uh later this year yet Oh, that's very cool. So how, when do you usually run your promotions? Do you do them uh, three times, four times a year? I usually like to run uh, shows every other month, but lately it's been more like every six weeks. So a lot of my guys have been telling everyone we run monthly, which it kind of ends up being that way because of the, how six weeks runs. Okay. Uh, but um, I still say uh, we run every other month because I don't like to commit to every month, even if that's how it seems on the calendar. Right. So from you being so. a performer, what is the difference from that to being a producer, uh, an editor, and the owner? Those three, those four different departments have to come with a lot of uh, stress and a, a lot of time. Um, can you tell uh, the listeners and the watchers uh, what is different between all of them? Well, I was going to say that the biggest difference is stress, because that's really it. Uh, uh, whenever I, I work a, a show where I am not, you know, producing or promoting or in any way, shape or form, I'm just wrestling. It is like the best thing ever, because I, all I have to focus on is the one little segment of the entire show. That one match is all I have to worry about. But when you're running the entire show or you're producing, you have to look at the entire uh, picture. So while uh, you might, as a wrestler, you're focused on this one little segment that creates the whole piece. But as a promoter or producer, you got to see the whole piece. And these little segments are just, you know, one other piece to a more significant uh, entire uh, masterpiece, if you will. Right, and that's that as a as a producer and a promoter. Well, producer and um, I guess director would be a better way to say that. That is what the the biggest difference is between that and being a performer. A performer, you just come in and you get your orders and you go and you take care of it. As the producer, you're giving the orders. You you know what you want to see, and you have to tell all these other you know guys. This is what I want in this segment. This is what I want in that segment, and da 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 da, da and hope that it all comes together and looks good as an entire piece. Right. Um, with your experience in in professional wrestling and the independent scene, who trained you? Uh, who did you idolize that uh, helped you work your way up to this point of having your own promotion? Well, who I idolized and who trained me are two different people. <laughs> Okay. I idolized uh, Bret Hart, but I was trained by uh, uh, Ernie Ellis, uh, former uh, AWA wrestler. Oh, right on. And, uh, and his son. And then I was also trained by a guy named Brian Walter from South Dakota down there as well. Oh, right on. Um, 
some of the promotions have different titles. Uh, what titles do you have at uh, Elite Wrestling Initiative? The Elite Wrestling Initiative, we the, when I uh, decided to come up with titles and all that stuff and become, you know, a, basically a whole promotion, I never wanted uh, weight classes and I didn't want regional titles. Okay. So I came up with different names that would give us the same, the the um, ranking of the title, but it wouldn't be like, uh, you know, heavyweight or light heavyweight or, you know, North Dakota or Minnesota or all that other stuff that other promotions do. So we have uh, three three major titles right now that are singles titles, and that would be the the EWI Epic Championship is our main title. Okay. And then uh, we have the EWI Initiative Championship is our, our secondary. And then the third one is the Diamond Championship, which is, which is like a, a 24-7 title okay. defended at, at all times. Uh, Lately, though, it hasn't been getting defended that way, so I'm thinking of getting away from that and just making it more of a like an internet type of title with like a 10-minute time limit at the end of it. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, name some of the wrestlers that you would have on your roster that some of us viewers and, and listeners uh, may not know. Well, a lot of the guys that I have, uh, first of all, I'm going to start with the guys that I've trained personally, which would be uh, Nick Nelson. Um Alexander Chance Evans or Ace. Um, we got uh, Sid Burton, uh, Leon Travis, which are the same guy. And then um, then on the other side, we also have guys that I bring in, which would be Danny Duggan. Um, I've had uh, AJ Sanchez work for me. I've had uh, uh, Tyler Colton, Travis Cole. Um, Tommy Lee Curtis used to work for me at one point. Uh, I have uh, Daredevil Derek Fury, who has been uh, my epic champion, uh, longest reigning in my company. Uh, he started with us. Uh, so, I mean, in theory, you could say he's an EWR original, but I met him when I worked in Northern Outlaw Wrestling. Okay. So, um, what are some of the things that you did with uh, Outlaw Wrestling? Well, that's where I started because okay. I I, uh, I started uh, training training there with them when uh, Ernie Ellis was there. Okay. And uh, I started at their premier event, which was in uh, December two thousand eight, and I was with them for a couple months, and then this whole thing went down that was uh, very kind of like a shakeup on getting certain people out of that company and whatnot, and I ended up leaving as a part of that. Okay. So, uh, then I ended up in Dakota Pro Wrestling with uh, Brian Walter and Ernie Ellis. Very cool. And yeah, I mean, yeah, and then uh, I, um, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy time back then. Uh, with with everything that you've learned all the way up to now, uh, mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you might feel that are similar to what the mainstream wrestling is today? mainstream wrestling is today um that's very tough because i try to do things against mainstream uh but i guess if i had to say it it'd be uh <sighs> a lot of the guys i bring in from canada uh like danny duggan and his boys a lot of them do a lot of things that i feel are very mainstream okay to uh, today's viewers and uh and i think that gets that's exciting for a lot of people that come out 
I also like because like he brought brought in uh, Mentolo, and uh, he's uh, he's really um, I think he's worked out in Japan at one or one or one time or another, and he's really good. Uh, yeah. One of uh, one of the things that uh, some people might ask. Uh, the old territory days. Do you function like kind of like the old territory days, to where you go uh, outside of the area, or do you mostly stay in that that uh, North Dakota area? Yeah, I, I pretty much function like the territory days, where I stick to my my area. Um, I would I consider my area like uh, like central North Dakota based, pretty much. Very cool. Is there any stories that you could tell us that you've uh, remember from the times that you've been in professional wrestling? Stories like uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, my stories are I, I'm I'm very uh, I'm very pretty much stuck on running my show and whatnot. So I think a lot of the the fun stories that wrestlers always tell, I tend to either be out of it or I'm the disciplinarian of them. <laughs> right, right. So I'm um, always making the rules to keep like like things like like ribs and all that stuff under control. Right. And uh, yeah, because I I know of uh, one guy that got ribbed pretty hard. Um, he was one of my new guys, and he got ribbed by one of the one of Danny Duggan's guys, and I got really mad about that. And uh, because it started interfering with my work on what I was doing, and I was I. I I remember hooting and hollering pretty good about that. So right, a lot of people don't realize that there is a, a lot of ribbing. You know, you got a group of uh, guys and gals uh, together. Um, there's always going to be jokes, and then some people take ribs a little bit too far. But you always will have that, and a lot of people don't understand that. Um, what well, this last some... show, this last show on a rib, uh, this last show, one guy got his, uh, they hit his suitcase, oh. and then he ended up leaving the show without without a suitcase. Oh, wow. So, so us, when we cleaned up, uh, the, the, you know, we, we tore down and we packed everything up and got ready to go. We found this extra suitcase and we're like, well, whose is this? So we were trying to figure out whose it was. And finally we got a hold of somebody that was headed that direction and they came back and grabbed it for him and, and took it with them. Right. But yeah, I didn't find out that it was a rib until like the next day. <laughs> <laughs> has there, uh, has there been any female wrestlers within the elite wrestling in initiative? Yeah, we uh we booked um, Lisa Marie Verone earlier this year, but uh, we've had uh we we booked Desi Dairada, um a few years back, and we liked her, and then we brought her back uh, towards like I think it was either at the beginning of this year or the end of last year, and uh, then she became our Epic Champion, and she's our current Epic Champion right now. Very cool. Um, when you're doing uh, a professional wrestling show and you're traveling outside of your area, what are the things that it takes to promote that? Because some people don't understand that it's, you know, not just social media. What are some other things that if somebody is like, well, you know, I'd like to, you know, try to do something like this, um, tell them and give them examples of what it would take. A lot of money. <laughs> no, <laughs> Uh, you need to, um, like when you're running an area that, that is outside of you or you can't get to, you have to uh, either have people there to advertise there or you have to go find time to go there personally and advertise there yourself. Uh, I guess the term in wrestling terms would be papering. 
which is like uh, putting out, hanging up flyers and whatnot like that. Uh, I tend to try and go through either radio or outdoor advertising, things like that. Especially when I'm going into a new area that I've never been to. Right. Um, I like to use the term, you got to pretty much have boots on the ground and you got to walk around. Uh, my son uh, referees every once in a while uh, with a promotion down here in South Dakota. And mm -hmm. he didn't realize that it took a little bit of work to do that. He, you know, you see all the glitz and glamour of, you know, it being on radio and, and TV. And there's a lot of work behind that. That just doesn't easily happen. Um, and you, you find that out that firsthand when you do that. Um, anything that you uh, like watching today, if, you know, if people are like, um, I wonder what he does to get his, you know, kind of his ideas, his creative, um, you know, juices flowing. What are some things that you uh, look at that you, uh, that helps you do that? Well, I don't really, I mean, the only thing I watch today is probably New Japan. Uh, but other than that, no, I don't really get my ideas from them because I'm going the opposite direction. Okay. I get my ideas or I, I get the creative juices flowing generally from, uh, from, the, the era that I watched growing up, which is the 90s. Right on. And, it, and I, like, I grew up in an era that isn't so popular among, among people because I like the new generation era of the WWF. And the reason I like that, that era is because that's when things were starting to just starting to get a little more, uh, um, like, they started using lights and whatnot, and, uh, and entrances were more prominent. Videos were just becoming a thing. Like, like nobody understands that before then there was no videos and uh i i like the basicness of it especially with when in terms of today's technology and i figure when i look back at that i think that i can do or i can get close to that with right. uh with low budget and all that stuff but i can't do today's wrestling today's wrestling is just way too too high production and all that other stuff so i when i watch it i like that because of not just because of that but because of the wrestling and how it was more of a feature, it was featured more as wrestling than it, than it was in story. Story was a thing, but it wasn't the main thing. You know what I mean? The storytelling was in how you perform the match. And that's what I, what I really, that's what attracted me to wrestling. That's what makes me passionate about it. And that's what I like to uh, teach my guys. And also what I like to keep my product as, you know, I try to keep my product in those parameters. Right. And you mentioned uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, any uh, athletes from those uh, that promotion that you resonate with that you uh, yeah. enjoy watching? Kazuchika Okada. Right. I, I, I love Okada. I used to love uh, Nakamura before he went to the E. And uh, I like, um, God, a lot of people. I like Goto. Um, oh, who's that one dude that I like and everybody hates? I forget his name. Mm. It, uh, I can't think of his name right now, Tomatonga? but yeah, no, no, no. It's one of the, the lighter guys, the, the, um, juice. He's British. He's British. No, I oh, hate juice. Uh, is it Zach Sabre? No, it's not Sabre. It's the other guy. Uh, uh, Osprey. Yes. Osprey. Yeah. yeah Osprey. That, that's a unique hybrid athlete right there. Yes. Um, See, I like him because I hate spot fests. Yeah. And he's a spot monkey, but for some reason he can make the spots make sense in storytelling. Right. And I don't know how he does it. I don't care how he does it. All I know is that they make sense and they're awesome to look at. 
you know, for you said spot monkey, and a lot of them think that it might be kind of like a, a term to put something somebody down, but it's actually a term that a lot of individuals within inside the professional wrestling business use. Uh, would you give a little example for the listeners and the watchers uh, of what a spot monkey would be? A spot monkey is generally somebody that that uh, it's really meant towards uh, high flyers a lot because they they uh, they jump off of. Uh, you know the top rope a lot or a lot of thing is based on their on their high risk stuff and they'll go from one spot to the next to the next to the next and uh, A spot monkey can be a negative thing if they do that and they're just doing it just to do it But if you make it make sense in the story Then that then that spot monkey is okay as far as in the wrestling uh, Business is concerned because they can make it make sense and then and then it's not so bad to be a spot monkey at that point right well, we're, we're getting to towards the end of the show, and I always like to ask uh, this question to everybody that's on the show. Uh, name your, uh, out of every, um, since you started, out of any promotion, um, every timeline, what is your top five professional wrestlers that you would say that you, uh, you like of all time? Of all time in uh, like all the, yeah. the 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 world promotions or whatever. Yep, everything. It doesn't matter if it's independent, yeah, world, uh, semi-independent. Uh, your your top five wrestlers. Okay, and past or present or just present? Uh, let's do. Let, well, we'll do both. Let's do past and let's let's do present. But let's do the past first. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go go all time if I can include past then. Yep. And then I'll go to just present. Okay. Uh, well, all time for me would be Bret Hart, um, Kurt Angle, Okada. Uh, oh, I had this figured out all the time. I'm trying to think of the other dude. Um, I want to say so Jericho. Difficult. Oh, Jericho. Yeah, that's a good and, one. And uh, CM Punk. Okay. That's my five of all time. Okay. Then um, today, I'd say Okada. Is number one, and then uh, I'm gonna go Nakamura's too. Uh, hmm. Trying to think, I don't watch a lot of wrestling today, so this is tougher. Uh, I like um, what's her name? Uh, what the hell is her name? Ah, uh, she's an impact right now. She's Blanchard. Oh, Tressa Blanchard. Tessa or Tessa. Blanchard, yeah. Tessa like Blanchard. I said that wrong. Yeah, Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, I like her. And then um, Becky Lynch. The man. Yeah. And then... Uh, uh, well, I'm going to stick with Jericho. Right on. Yeah, she's know, still around. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think about what's going on with uh, with the AEW champion right now with Chris Jericho since you mentioned that you like him? I don't know. I don't watch AEW. You don't? <laughs> no, I only I only found out he was champion through Facebook. Okay, right on. Right on. Oh, there's a reason why I don't watch it, by the way. Okay, uh, the, well, let's hear about that real quick. Yeah, I keep getting emails uh, from people trying to get a hold of AEW. And uh, so I'm mad because their name is too close to mine. Oh, okay, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah. I, I now now looking at it on the screen here, uh, I can see exactly somebody might be saying the All Elite Wrestling Initiative instead of just Elite Wrestling Initiative. 
No, yeah. it's not just that. It's like they think uh, just elite wrestling. That it's just called elite wrestling. Oh, so they we think just because that, of the elite elites right there. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see where and that. My can... thoughts are: Well, look at look at the brand. Look at the brand because our brands are completely different. Right. I my logo does, looks nothing like the AEW logo. Right. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that you know people. Hey, I, I always look at it this way. There's a lot of times that, you know, and I said I'm illiterate in the beginning here. Um, yeah. But, like, there's a lot of things that I've done on purpose that I know how to spell the word, but I purposely spell it differently. And it, it's so completely the wrong it. way. It's just yeah. to get people to talk. So, I guess right. at least, you know, people will, you know, go to yours and, uh, and you know, see it. And, and it's just another way for people to uh, recognize you and, and know that you're out there. Yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it. <laughs> Even though it's a pain in the rear end, let's just let's just be honest. It's it, it, it's definitely a pain in the rear end. Well, it makes it hard because when I get actual inquiries, I will not know if they're actually talking to me oh, or talk, yeah. trying to talk to Cody. Yep, you look you at it on the business that. side. Yeah, I, I get. What yeah, you're that's when there. I have to be like, okay, who are you trying to talk to right now? So that's where it's a pain in the ass. Well, you know, you could just be like Ryback and then, you know, change his name to really Ryback Reeves. And, you know, you could just say that you're, you know, Cody Sage, you know, just just make it even more difficult. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not changing my name. <laughs> like my thoughts, they should change theirs. It's like I had I had this name first. <laughs> right. Right. Well, for myself, DJ Barbecue on BTC Uncut Live. Mercer Sage, I appreciate you coming and calling in and telling us about your promotion. I wish you all the best. Uh, you've inspired me to uh, know a little bit more about the the brother up north, which is North Dakota, because I live in South Dakota. Um, is there anything that you would like to uh, pretty much promote right now at this point? Well, we have a show coming up in Minot, North Dakota on October 26th, and we have... Uh, we have Desi DeRada coming down to defend her Epic Championship against uh, Shane Foster. So we're pretty excited about that. We also have, uh, on November 22nd and 23rd, we will be having Hernandez coming in for that show in Jamestown, North Dakota. So these are big events that we want everyone to be talking about. Right on. Just go ahead and repeat that date one more time so people actually uh, hear it. Okay. We're uh, October 26th. We're in Minot. And on November 22nd and 23rd, we are in Jamestown. And we have Hernandez coming to the November 22nd and 23rd event in Jamestown. You don't want to miss it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Mercer, it's been a pleasure of mine. I hope you have a good time and uh, nothing but success for you, my man. All right. Thank you. Yep. Have Appreciate a good one. It. Bye, yeah, everybody. You too. Shoot, shoot stars. Shoot, shoot stars. Didn't even get to